Welcome to F1 Reviews, a podcast where we rate and review each race in the F1 calendar. I am Doug Austin, along with my partner, Chris Costas. Make sure to also check us out on Instagram, F1 Reviews Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to F1 Reviews. How's it going, Chris? It's going good, Doug. How about you? Yeah, I can't you know, complain. This was a... a, a we, you know, actually, we just Doug, got to watch gotta, the... I got to change it because I'm also quite upset. This race, yeah. it, it, it just pulled at my emotions. And I, I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> but I'm really excited. <laughs> and I'm really happy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also really upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there, there's so many adjectives like it, it was it's equal parts heartbreaking exhilarating you know happy um i, I think the adjective we settled on in the um uh the, the our little pre-show meeting was uh bittersweet <laughs> yeah that that sounds about right um definitely if you're i think if, you, if you're a general fan and you just like seeing good racing it is really exciting just to see what happened um but if you have pledged your allegiance to any particular driver, your emotions are going to take off wildly from there. Depending (laughs) absolutely who your favorite driver is and just how things played out. It was just wild. Um, and I don't think anyone could have predicted that. Right, right. Well, the funny thing is, like, I'm as as a Vettel fan. Like, if you pick any driver in the grid, and you were probably screaming at the TV at some point, except yeah. for Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> Vettel was just like, eh, I'm just gonna drive. I'm just gonna drive the race. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, just Vettel. He just I'm does gonna do his my thing. thing. Whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, if and uh, speaking of drivers, there were more drivers to choose from. Like, uh, obviously, if you were a Hamilton or Grosjean fan, there wasn't really much to uh, look at with this race this weekend. But um, if you were a fan of George Russell, he was promoted to Mercedes for this weekend uh, to fill in for Lewis mm-hmm. Hamilton. Uh, you know, no pressure or anything. Um, and then to fill in for him, they got Jack Aiken, who, if you followed WTF1 at all, um, so he, he is a Formula 2 driver, but he was kind of like the resident, like, professional driving perspective for WTF1. And, yeah, yeah. And so to see, you know... I, I watch Formula One. I did, don't really get into Formula Two very much. Like I'll watch a race if it's supposed to be good, but I don't really follow it. But um, it was cool to see. Okay, there's here's a guy I kind like. You know, I I know him, and he's racing Formula One now, so it's really exciting. Um, well, it's also funny. It's like so. So um, Formula One does at the you know at the end, the, the beginning and end of every race, they they go live on YouTube, and a lot of times you know with with uh, um uh, um oh my god, Will Buxton, that's his name, and uh, um, a lot of times they'll have either Jack Aiken or Pietro F- uh, Fittipaldi as like the other anchor, but it's usually like an F two driver as like the second anchor to give like a more of a driver perspective during these while they interview all the drivers yeah. as they're walking by and stuff like that, and well, both of them were actually actually in the race today. So I don't know who's doing that right now. We're recording as they're, you know, doing this, uh, um, the, the live stream right now on, um, you know, Twitter and YouTube. Right. Um, yeah. And you mentioned there, uh, Pietro Fittipaldi, the, uh, the grandson of the great Emerson Fittipaldi. Um, yeah. so he, he got his F1 debut this weekend as well, driving for Haas, filling in for, uh, Romain Grosjean, who, um, unfortunately we also heard, uh, due to his injuries is going to be out the rest of the season and thus probably for his career. Um, yeah, so unfortunately yeah. he go you know, goes out with a bang in formula one. Um, literally. Yeah. Um, really glad that he's okay. And 
you know, that, that he was able to survive something like that, you know, I, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I think that and, and something, something we found out too, uh, um, you know, I think it was like yesterday there was, uh, um, Mercedes made an announcement that, you know, if he wasn't going to be able to finish the season, um, they would give him a, a, a post-season test in their car. So that way he can actually cross the finish line to officially end his uh, F1 career. So that's, that's oh, really that's nice of cool. them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, uh, even Grosjean, like, uh, if you go back to, uh, some of his earlier days, I know that there was uh, a lot of criticism based on his, uh, I, I forget, I think it was Alonzo who called him the first lap nutcase and caused that <laughs> yeah. iconic wreck at Spa in turn one where cars just went flying. Um, but, you know, right. with, uh, I think, I forget if it was Lotus or Renault or who it was sponsoring that car, yes. but, um, he, uh, yes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah it, he, it was, it was the, the, the Renault Lotus, not the Lotus Renault that we were talking, the thing we were talking ah, about. <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me. I got that wrong. So wrong. Um, but he, he did actually pull off a few podiums, um, oh, back yeah. in those days. So, you know, like I, I think it, it, in this way, it's almost kind of nice that people are going to, I feel like they're going to remember him for that, Maybe that big crash, and then the the giant fireball crash at the very end, and I don't, and I think yeah. that some of the uh, the more confusing Grosjean issues, where I, I think there was one where he was yelling at people for passing him too close at Paul Ricard, or where where he uh, he took himself out of the race, and it was actually his engineer that blamed Ericsson. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, at uh, Baku, but you know he's he's had quite a career and lots of interesting moments to it. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I hope people remember him for uh, some of the uh, you know like the, his higher finishes and you know a lot of success. And then uh, I think there was even talk of him going to IndyCar. I think we discussed that uh, last week or the week before. Um, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I know, I, I remember you saying Magnuson, um, turned down something with, uh, with IndyCar, but it seemed like Grosjean might've been headed, headed that way. Yeah. Um, with, don't know uh, if that's still going to happen, but I, I think I heard, uh, David land, actually another YouTube personality that I really enjoy. Um, he was saying that he might go to AJ <laughs> Foyt Autosport, which, okay. um, I, I'd really be interested in that. Um, I mean, I, I don't know about you. But just as an American Formula One fan, yes, we do have the race at, at Coda, but it's I think it's worth anyone else listening anywhere else in the world to know it's not like it's right around the corner from us. Like that's a solid couple days drive to get there. And even when you get there, it's really expensive to stay in yeah. in Austin to go to the race, you know, for, for one day even, you know, but then to like try and go for the whole weekend. Cause if you're going to go, you got to go for the whole weekend. Right. Um, exactly. So it's, it's, uh, not the most accessible thing, even if it is in our country. Um, the next closest race would be Canada. And, you know, both of those races got nixed off the calendar this year. So it's not the right, easiest right. thing in the world to go see a Formula One race. But if he comes to IndyCar, and at least we could say, well, we saw him when he was in Formula One, and now he's in IndyCar, so close enough? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. But uh, actually, technically, where, where we are, I think Montreal is actually closer to where we are than um, Austin is. <laughs> right. I, I think I actually looked it up uh, back when I was living in, in uh, Detroit. And from Detroit to Montreal, it's like eight hours of driving. 
So yeah, it's yeah. It, it's definitely a, a drive, but it's it's doable, I guess you could say. And I'm yeah, not sure yeah. what the exchange rate is between Canadian dollars and U.S., but um, it's you know there, there's nothing about Formula One that's cheap. In fact, I, right. I think once I actually priced it out or I, I saw a video on what would be the cheapest F1 race to go to as an American fan, and it's actually Mexico that since oh, really? the exchange rate yeah, is that low, um, and you can take a plane directly to there and to get around and stay and eat in Mexico, it's actually a lot cheaper for a U.S. fan than to go to Circuit of the Americas. Right, and right. And Mexico's huh. had some pretty great races over the years, so... Yeah, it's it's, it's a great track. Yeah, um, and probably the same for Canada. So there's definitely options out there. Um, if uh, there are any American Formula One fans that are listening that have made the trek to actually go see a Formula One race in person, um, we'd definitely like to hear from your experience. So uh, For yeah. sure, for sure. But, uh, but getting back to the race, um, so we mentioned our... our newest three three drivers on the grid well two mm-hmm. new drivers and one in a very new seat um exactly yeah <laughs> going from arguably the slowest car on the grid to the fastest and <laughs> yeah and and if the, the, the fastest car of all time no less <laughs> right that's what they're saying is that even with the rule changes coming in in uh, 2022 or, or even next year uh it's supposed to slow the cars down a bit so mm-hmm. you know to just say here is the the, you know, here's the seat to the fastest car in the world. See what you can do, yeah. kid. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, that's, yeah, that's pretty wild. And uh, it was actually pr- pretty amazing that uh, right away, you know, in practice, he was, you know, the, the quickest car out there. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not not by a ton, but uh, you, you definitely saw that there, there was no warming up period for him. He He just got in the car and got down to business right away. In uh, yeah, actually, um, at least the first two practice sessions. Yeah, it was only the yeah the the, the first two practice sessions. He was at the top of the timesheet. Um, FP three, I guess there must have been some issues that he was having. Uh, um, I remember them saying because he uh, um, only got the seventh fastest time in FP two. Uh, but even then, Botas only got second fastest for Stappen, top of the timesheet in FP three. So right. Uh, um, but yeah, no, he, he, he seemed like he was, he was at home despite the fact that he actually had to wear one size smaller shoe in the cockpit to actually fit. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually they mentioned that in the broadcast where they used to just cut the toes of uh, the shoes off just, you know, and your toes would be sticking out, but at least you'd fit in the car. And I think now in light of uh, Grosjean's recent accident that, you know, cutting any of that uh, Kevlar off, um, is right. probably going to be frowned upon and something that you shouldn't do, even if you are just trying to fit in the car. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, the way that Grosjean was describing how he got out of the car and the fact that his, his shoe melted to the pedal. It's like, eh, probably shouldn't be oh. doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, one thing that's important to notice, um, that even though Russell was maybe seventh fastest in P3, um, he was off by six tenths, which really isn't that much. And yeah, a constant yeah. thing we've seen all weekend, uh, whether it's in practice or even in qualifying, because the top three cars were within half a tenth of, mm-hmm. of each other, half a tenth for the top three. Right, right. Um, you know, what happens when you shorten a course like this is that there's there's just that many fewer corners, there's fewer breaking points, and as a result, there's less uh, places to kind of differentiate yourself from the other drivers, you know? Um, yeah. 
And it, and it very much th- throws a th- throws a wild card into all this too, because you know, it, b- because everything's so close, you, you know, somebody like a you know a Charles Leclerc, for example, can can move up, uh, um, in, you know, in the in the the hampered Ferrari that he's got, he can move up, you know, much higher in the uh, um, in the in the in the qualifying order. Which which he did in, in in this particular instance. Yeah, this uh, th- this whole idea of doing a shorter, simpler track, and in, and as a result, the, all the lap times are, you know, a lot closer, and the racing's a lot closer. You know, I'm I'm sure every F1 fan out there is really excited and beating their chest about oh how how amazing is this? We got to start doing this all the time. Let's remember this is very close to basically what. Uh, like NASCAR or other oval racing kind of is, is that you reduce the complexity of the track, but as a result, um, the margins get that much thinner and that you really have Mm -hmm. to be absolutely perfect to, uh, to put yourself at the front of the field. So, you know, it definitely made things a lot more competitive. Um, but does that mean it's, it's better racing necessarily? I don't know. Um, it certainly was more exciting. I'll say that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You really had no idea what was going to happen. Um, actually, I, I got to say, uh, e- even though the, the track was simpler, that new uh, second section of the track, that like sector two. Um, yeah. Where, bas- you know, I, I saw the, the map view of it and it was basically like, okay, so it's just like a slalom, you know, like mm-hmm. the laziest kind of, what else are you going to add, you know? Um, but uh, what was really cool is, it was really bumpy and none of those turns were the same all the way through. So (laughs) you got to see cars like bouncing up and down really hard and sparks going everywhere. And everyone was taking different lines through there too. So Mm -hmm. it it was really wild to see all that. Yeah. You you actually saw a couple cars like getting all four wheels off the racing surface. And yeah, uh, yeah, like I, I wasn't sure. Did they mention anything about track limits this weekend? You know, in, you know, in between in between FP one and FP two, they uh, put track limits um, on the outside of turn eight. Okay, because um, yeah, like definitely during the race, it seemed like everyone was a lot more well behaved. But FP one, yeah, it was just like just drive wherever you want. <laughs> we're we're not well, even <laughs> even then though. There there were a couple people that got that got warning flags uh, um, during the race too. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they, they 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 didn't you know mention them very much on the air, but I saw them, I saw a couple flash up on the uh, um uh, uh, the timing and scoring at the top of the screen. Yeah, um, yeah, but I, I got to say, uh, Bahrain is a really interesting track in that, especially for the audience, it's really difficult to tell what is track and what isn't. Um, right, right. Not just because there's asphalt painted like sand, you know, that it looks like you can go out on. But and, and that there's gravel that's the same shade as the uh, as the track surface. But uh, there's always uh, dust and sand blowing around, so you can't really tell what's going to be slippery and what'll have grip if you do go off. Track. Right. So yeah, it, and that's a lot of the reason why the the the, the surf the track surface is so abrasive. They were talking about this last week um, on the on on the broadcast, as the, they they made this the the, the track surface extra. Um, uh, rough simply because so the grains of sand have somewhere to go instead of sitting on top of the the, the track surface to make it less huh. slippery when sand does blow on the track. See, that, that sounds really good. Um, I 
do wonder, though, if, like for running something like a Formula One car, is if those sticky tires aren't just picking the sand out of the track and then leaving, you know, either making it more slippery for the cars while also increasing degradation. I don't know how. Yeah. It yeah. sounds weird that that would be the case, but I wonder maybe that's how that works. But uh, so as we said, uh, qualifying top three were all within half a tenth of each other or just about mm-hmm. half a tenth. And uh, really close driving. And uh, we saw, excuse me, Botas on pole. So I will say all through practice and qualifying, I was really rooting for George. Just because, you know, it's like he's been given this amazing opportunity and he's just, he's so close. But Botas edges him out, which Mm -hmm. I got kind of worried thinking, okay, well, you know, really you can't predict anything off for race pace based off of practice. Right. But does Botas just really know everything about that Mercedes that George just doesn't quite know yet. And it's going to be Botas just taking off and the race is going to be over and okay. Botas will win, which, you know, he, he could, he definitely deserves more wins than he's got. Um, you know, he's, he's been with the team a long time and it does seem like there's a lot of those, you know, Hey, Valtteri, it's James. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. you know, but you could kind of see well, then that. He's also had a lot of bad luck over the years, too. Like, you know, he was leading at Baku a couple of years ago and when he had his tire, you know, oh, after yeah. all of those safety cars. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they come out. He pulls out like a two second lead over over Vettel. Um, and it looks like they're going to be one, two after Vettel goes off. Uh, um, and then, you know, the very next lap, he runs over some debris that was left over from all the other incidents that were hap- that happened. And he ends up cutting a tire down and finishing in last place. Yeah. Um, and then at, uh, you know, at Germany, I think 2018 that was, or 2019. I f- it was a while ago, but it was the awful race for Mercedes at Germany where uh, yeah, even, yeah. you know, Hamilton and... Botas both spun at the same corner in the same way. And somehow Mm -hmm. Lewis got away with it, ended up, I think he was able to finish and at least get some points. Um, Yeah. But uh, Botas ended up getting the wall. Right. Right. You know, like that it should, I don't know why he gets, I mean, that's bad luck basically, you know, they're driving Mm -hmm, the same mm -hmm. car. They're both excellent drivers, but just, it worked out for one. It didn't for the other. And it always kind of seemed to yeah. go that way for Botas. So like the, like the meme, bad luck, Brian. Well, this is bad luck, Botas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fully expect to see one of those pop up on uh, WTF ones, like tweet of the week or something. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I'm going to have to hurry up and make that once we're done recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not if I beat you to it, but <laughs> right. Oh, God. No, you, you thought of it. You thought of it. You make that man. Um, <laughs> but, but there was kind of like a weird feeling of like, you know, yeah, Botas is probably going to win, but I want Russell to win because wouldn't that be cool to go from yeah. no points to, you know, 25 points? Um, and then, and, and but then when the race begins, like, you know, Russell takes the lead in the first corner oh my and God, just I takes was, off. I was screaming at the TV, just first corner, oh, Russell's yeah. already ahead, <laughs> wasting no time, just getting right to the front and uh, and, and then even behind him. You know, he he checks out like almost right away after turn two, and but behind him is absolute chaos. 
Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fact that Botas was so slow coming out of, you know, that, that you know, turn one, two, and three complex, uh, um, it, you know, that backed everybody up. I honestly thought, you know, th- you know people were just going to start, you know, passing them up, like, you know, what happened at, um, at the Italian Grand Prix this year. Yeah. Actually, there's been a few races where Botas just has a really tough time at the start. And ends up dropping down to, you know, like fourth or fifth or something. Uh, at Mugello, yeah. that happened as well. And it's just, mm-hmm. like, what is the deal exactly? Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, and this time it didn't happen. Uh, um, although it could. It, I mean, it, it very well could have, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, right after turn four. Because he didn't get it, you know, he didn't get away from turn four very well. But as it turns out, his slowdown backed everybody else up so much that it caused a, uh, um, you know, kind of a chain reaction where... Uh, Charles Leclerc does uh, another one of those little over aggressive uh, uh, moves on the inside. Not as egregious as some of the ones he had in, you know, previous races. You mean like like in Austria with Vettel? Yeah. Like (laughs) like last week with Vettel? Right, right. You mean like every other time Leclerc decides to go for the win on the first lap and just (laughs) ease his car in there hoping for the best? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this one was 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 less egregious, but it came out much much worse for him and 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 quite frankly for for the, uh, Max Verstappen, who was just an innocent bystander at that point. Um, who, who was not- he was just trying to get around everybody and then just kind of lost it in the marbles and couldn't get it back before he went into the gravel and eventually um, into the wall. What what's wild is because uh, Leclerc actually didn't make contact with Verstappen at all. Uh, Verstappen was right, complete, right. had touched nothing but the track until he hit the wall. Um, he actually ran into uh, Sergio Perez, which mm-hmm. I kind of figure when two cars make contact and there's a bunch of sparks, that's pretty much the end of the day for whoever's involved in that. But yeah, Perez yeah. is able to get it back to the pits, changes tires, does a quick inspection for damage, and they send him back out. Um, right, right. It, to me, it looked like Verstappen, who... Uh, you know, he Verstappen actually had a pretty good run going on Botas and Perez um, to the point where he was able to kind of stick his nose between the two of them, and they were almost three wide going into turn four. Now, right, I, right. I feel like the Max from a couple of years ago probably would have just said, I'm going for it, and just, you know, held his ground, do or die. But mm-hmm. you can, if you watch the replays, you can definitely see Max says, "This is not going to end well if I keep going. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. back off a little earlier. Make sure we all make it through, you know. And then, I've, you know, he's in a Red Bull. He's the only guy who can channel really, realistically, he's the only guy who could challenge Hamilton in the Mercedes. So mm-hmm. he'll mm-hmm. have his chance, I'm sure. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and unfortunately, what happens is, you know, where Leclerc. Rams into Perez, Max sees what's happening, and fortunately was already on the brakes and is able to kind of direct his car out of the way and try and go around the two of them. Um, right. He gets off into, I think that they were saying that there was like sand or dust or you know marbles or something from the F2 race out on the outside yeah. of the course, and he's not, he, he loses control there. That sends him into the gravel, and at that point, there's nothing he can do. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think it uh, it was a, an amazing amount of maturity that you know we haven't always seen from Max, mm-hmm. but it was like you know what what was he gonna do? Like he he had not 
you know, I, th- I think he was pretty innocent in that. There was nothing that he could have done to improve his situation, unfortunately. So, right, right. You know, something else notable on the first lap too. So Lando Norris, who qualified fifteenth, uh, um, uh, ended up you know, having to change out power units. Um, so in Q two, he um, dropped out of Q two. Uh, um, you know, he, he aborted his last lap. And they ended up having to change his power unit out. He gained it, it, he gained nine places on the first lap. Oh wow. <laughs> um. That may have had something to do with, uh, and they didn't really show any replays of it, but uh, Raikkonen had spun coming out of turn three, which yeah, yeah. gave me the like Vietnam flashbacks of <laughs> Grosjean going off coming out of turn right. three, and yeah, I was, <laughs> I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty uh, terrified oh, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, my wife and I both screamed when that happened because we we're like, oh, it's, it's it's part two, <laughs> right? And and you saw all the smoke and everything, and you just go like. Like, oh, no, it's happening again. And uh, fortunately, you know, he was able to continue. It wasn't a big problem. So, yeah, he basically um, just did a donut in the middle of the in, in the middle of the track. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, fortunately, it wasn't quite as bad as what happened to Grosjean. But, uh, you know, w- with everything happening, you know, Russell jumping to the front, the big incident at turn four and then, you know, mm-hmm. Raikkonen spinning and causing and all that smoke. Um, it was yeah. The first sector of the race was absolutely wild. But then, uh, so then they go to safety car. Yep. Just to try and figure out what happened. Um, They decide that they're going to review the incident after the race, which I figure you got 87 laps to look at a replay. Um, Maybe do your job. You know, I, I figure I'm, I'm thinking what it is, though, is, is is being that the cars that were the car that was most likely at fault is out of the race. Uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's probably why they're they're waiting till the end of the race to investigate as opposed to investigating while the race was in progress. Uh, uh, because the, 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 the two drivers that came out worst, one of them was probably, you know, Leclerc was probably the most at fault with that. Um, and then the, the only other driver that continued on was, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say equally as fault. I, 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 w- I would maybe assign, you know, maybe 10% of the blame, uh, uh, with Perez. Cause he did come in a little sharp into that, into that corner. He did kind of slam the door on Leclerc a little bit, but then, but you know, like you were saying, Leclerc should have been more in control of that car. He shouldn't have been, you know, as aggressive going into that corner as he was. So I feel like, you know, if they're going to assign Leclerc blame for that crash, or if they're leaning towards assigning Leclerc blame for that crash, you probably don't need to investigate it while they're, while the race is um, in progress. See, I figured it was just so that Ferrari had, you know, an opportunity to put together a good negotiation to go to the FIA way so that everybody wins, <laughs> right? right? Um, exactly. Yeah, if, that, it's, there's that too. if it's obviously Ferrari causing an issue, then yeah, they'll, you know, they can go easier. They don't have to do it right then. There's no reason for rash decisions, right? Um, right, right. <laughs> but then, uh, so then we, we finally go racing again. I think it's lap seven or eight that uh, we get back underway. And at this point, this is where Russell just checks out. He's oh yeah, <laughs> he's pretty much gone. He just he takes off. He's he's a second ahead by the, by turn four. He's two seconds ahead uh, uh, by the end of the you know the second lap after the safety car. <laughs> yeah, and so he's just running away. It's basic. He's basically Hamilton Junior at this point. <laughs> right. If it was if it was a forty four on that car, and you know, and it, like if the markings were different, I would have just assumed that was Hamilton doing what Hamilton does. 
you know. Right, and right, right. I think you know at that point there there were obviously there was a lot of discussion of you know is it really Hamilton that's so good or is he just got a really good car. And Mm -hmm. at this point, it looked like, well, it definitely looks like the car, no matter who's driving it, is going to be, you know, not only extremely dominant over the rest of the field, but even ahead of Botas, who was running second. But the thing is, too, is if it it was the car, Botas would be doing the same thing. You know, Botas, you know, the the, 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 uh, driver's championship should have been a lot closer if it was just the car. Um, And I, I have a feeling that it, you know, George Russell is probably... You know, every bit as 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 talented as as Lewis Hamilton is, because you know, look what he's doing with the with the Williams. He's getting it into you know to Q two pretty regularly, yeah. and he's getting better results than that car has any business getting. So I have a, I, I feel like it's more of a you know George Russell thing, uh, um, you know George and Lewis being almost on an equal you know playing field, which is scary considering this is only George Russell's second season in F one, and if he's able to do what he did in this race today, um, it's it that that's boding very very well for his future, and it's quite frankly going to make Lewis Hamilton's contract negotiations uh, um, after the season is over that much spicier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, yeah, you put basically a rookie with minimal experience into that car, and he still beats Botas by mm-hmm. just about the same margin that Hamilton would have. Um, yeah, you know, it. I, I think Hamilton probably would have been a little bit farther ahead. I think the most that uh, um, he he was able, that Russell was able to pull out was maybe like five or six seconds, like later on throughout yeah. the race and i well I, I, after the first pit stops he was like eight and a half seconds ahead he was well ahead but it you know i i think if it was hamilton it'd probably be like 20 seconds like just yeah absolutely <laughs> checked out um right so right. you know yeah there's still probably a difference there but there, there's something with that car and what i'm kind of suspecting is that you know, maybe Hamilton and Botas have slightly different driving styles and right. the way that the Mercedes is set up, it's almost kind of like you have a range of adjustment that you can make with the car and mm-hmm. to get it to each driver's sweet spot. It's like the car already is in Hamilton's sweet spot, whereas they need to keep tweaking the car to get it to where Botas likes it. Where Botas likes is, is kind of on the edge of what the Mercedes actually does well. So mm-hmm. that's why it, it seems like as this year's gone on, because like let's remember, Botas won the first race of the season. Yeah. And yeah. as it's gone on, and especially the last couple of races, it's like Botas is just really not looking good in that car and has had a bunch of bad races in a row. Um right, so it right. makes me think that like they're just kind of stubbornly pushing on in this particular direction you know to try and make things better for botas but it takes it farther from what the mercedes does well if that makes any sense yeah 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 and well the other thing too is like you know that they, they were talking to uh, george russell before the race and everything too and they, they were saying that you know, russell was saying that the, you know this car what makes it fast is the opposite of you know how he's got the williams tuned uh, um to his preferences so he basically had to you know, adjust his driving style to the car. And he seemed to do that very, very well. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking maybe when you're young, it's easier to do that because you're yeah. kind of just figuring out what works for you. Um, right, right. But, uh, yeah, when, once you're getting a little older, you're kind of like, no, nah, this is how I like it. And that's right. what you're going to stick with. And as soon as it goes out of that window, it's harder to, you know, to, to adjust your driving style to suit the car. 
Yeah, that's very true. And yeah, being uh, about the same age as Botas, I think I can understand where he's coming from there a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I know how I like a car set up, and I know that to just jump into something else that's not designed, you know, set up the way I like it, I'm not going to... I'm not just going to instantly just figure it out and have fun with it. You know, it's going to be a little yeah, s- yeah. bit of a struggle. So I, I do kind of feel for Botas there. So, so meantime, meanwhile, that's all happening up at the front and uh, Sergio Perez starts slicing and dicing his way through the field. And within, you know, a handful of laps, he's back up into the points already. Actually, I got to say Perez had some really good moves throughout the race. Um, yeah. Yeah. E- even against his own teammate stroll, like, he, um, I forgot what lap it was, but there was one where, where the two racing points came out of the pits, like right next to each other. And mm-hmm. Perez was gone. Like he just, you know, passed stroll next lap. He was around, uh, Ocon, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just running away with it. It's like Perez just has that car exactly where he wants it. And is just really, really mm-hmm. quick in general, you know? Yeah, at one point he was actually, um, uh, you know, as he was getting up to Alex Albon, um, he was told that Albon's tires were dying, um, and they were like, "We're just going to keep on the strategy here," because you know the, he he started off on the softs, uh, um, and then obviously you know had to change his tires after the you know, after the spin because he flat spotted them, and he comes out on mediums, and they're like, "You know what? This is probably the better strategy to be on anyway." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and actually for Albon, because uh, because I know after that first corner incident with Verstappen the announcers are basically saying like, that's kind of it for Red Bull for this race. Mm-hmm. And probably just because, uh, you know, really Max Verstappen's their golden boy and Albin's struggled quite a bit. Yeah. And especially on a course like this, where they just don't really have the, you know, the straight line speed that some of the other cars do. Um, you know, I think it was like, Oh God, all we have is Albin, but he did actually manage uh sixth in this race. So yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, not, he not, he he made up he, he made up for some for some issues that he had especially in qualifying cuz he didn't even get out of Q2 in qualifying. He's, he qualified 12th and, you know, uh, uh yeah, as you said made it up to 6th. So, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, he he kind of he was off the radar a bit, I think. Um but that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's just kind of the slow and steady wins the race and in this case uh yeah, you know, got a six for Albin, so that's really not too bad. Um, right, right. But uh, you know, r- really, once uh, we cycled through those pit stops, honestly, it, it there wasn't really much happening, um, e- even with the pit. Yeah, there's stops. some there's some uh, there's some action in the in the midfield a bit, but they weren't really showing a whole lot uh, a whole lot of that on the broadcast. Uh, um, they were mainly you know focusing on George Russell and you know uh, um, you know high fiving each other, being like, "Hey, we're gonna see George Russell finally, you know, uh, 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 show what he's worth in Formula One and stuff like that." But yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, there was there there was some you know slicing and dicing happening in the midfield. Oh yeah, Albon gets uh, uh, the black and white flag for uh, track limits. Um, at one point on lap 50 and then you started to feel some tension a little bit you know George Russell kept making some comments about you know the car being a little bit slower lack of power which which was some of just you know not knowing where the buttons are on the wheel and stuff like that yeah my my uh my stomach dropped when he said that he just goes yeah I've got no power I'm like no 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 and they're like no no just just press this button and it'll work 
Oh, okay. No even, problem. He, he, even Crofty was like, no, when it, as soon as he heard that radio. Yeah. And like the broadcast went completely silent for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Until they saw, oh, no, he just went purple in a sector. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, it, cause it, that would ha- that happens with Lewis sometimes too. Like right after he comes out of the pits, like he'll have no power uh, um, for like a half a lap, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh, things are about to get crazy!" And then he goes purple in the next sector. He's like, "Oh, never mind." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Like, and and I was just like, "No, I don't." You know, I can't bear the thought of uh, you know some kind of issue from Mercedes. I mean, come on, Mercedes is like. You know, one of the most reliable teams on the grid, and they right, right. They're such a solid team. How could the mm-hmm. team ever let down George Russell? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, so right. I didn't think that anything like that would happen, and uh, you know, and then Botas he comes in for his stop, and he comes out. Uh, yeah, I think it was like five. No, it was like like eight seconds actually behind uh, Russell, and it was like, well. Looks like yeah. this is pretty well wrapped up. Just keep it on the track. Keep knocking off those laps. Mm-hmm. Get past this lap, and uh, you know you'll get your well-deserved twenty-six points. Um, right, right. So then uh, Nicholas Latifi uh, um, coming out of turn eight, kind of pulls over. Um, a, a, a virtual safety car comes out, and a bunch of pit stops in the midfield happen. Um, and then I, I felt bad for Carlos Sainz and uh, Daniel Ricardo because they were running up in you know third and fourth, and they tried to jump on the pit stop train, but that VSC didn't last nearly long enough, and they ended up yeah. dropping you know back to I think like eighth and ninth, uh, um, where they could have been you know battling for a podium at at, at one point during all this. Yeah. Um, yeah, fortunately they, they made their way back up signs in uh, fourth and Ricardo in fifth. Um, so they still, right. you know, made it, you know, like they finished the race out pretty well considering, yeah. uh, you know, that bad timing. Um, but, uh, they probably could have gotten the timing even better because we saw another, another VSC, um, who I would vote as driver of the day because he took <laughs> a, a race that yeah. was pretty much done and dusted to, Oh my God, what's, I can't believe things keep happening. Uh, Jack yeah. Aiken <laughs> spins coming out of the final corner. And, uh, ju- you know, just like we said before, like gets, gets on the sand and the dust and car gets out from under him. And he was, right. he was lucky that it wasn't a worse wreck that it really oh, yeah. it just kind of, it tapped, you know, the front of the nose and took the front wing off. Um, and actually, he it kind of 360'd him back around so that he was pointing towards the pits, was able to dive into the pits, get new tires, get a new wing, and he was back out on track. But to clean the wing up, they had to go to a uh, virtual safety car, which caused anyone who hadn't already pitted to immediately go for the pits. And yes, yes, a few, a few of them did. And then, you know, so, the, so it's a virtual safety car. But they couldn't find a gap, you know, even with the VSC and everybody running at, I think it's what, you know, 35% of the slower pace or something like that, yeah. um, that they have to run at. Uh, um, so they couldn't find enough of because all the cars were just spread out in such a perfect way that they couldn't get the wing out. So they had to bring out the full safety car. And then that's when uh, um, Mercedes goes, okay, so we kind of figured we our tires weren't going to last because they went onto the hard tires um, when they did their round of pit stop. Let's see, Mercedes, um, yeah, laps 45 and 49 is when they came in and did their you know, you know their, their their first pit stops. And they figured that, you know, the hard tires weren't going to last. 
So they, they, they try to come in and, you know, switch over to the mediums. So that way they can, you know, have a bit more grip for the restart. So that way they can run away. George Russell, his pit stop goes off without a hitch. And then Botas comes in. And as they're putting the tires on, they're there's real. some confusion. And you see a bunch of mechanics throwing their hands up. And then they change the tires again back to Botas's original hard tires. Right. And Who, everybody's like, what happened? What did, they, what did they mess up? Did they grab the wrong tires? What's happening? Uh, did they grab, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, Russell's old tires instead of, you know, the, the Botas's new tires? So Botas comes back out in what? Eighth place. Yeah. Or no, sixth place. There he goes. Um, or no, 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 I'm, so I'm looking at my notes. No, he, so Botas comes back out in fifth place. Um, and, and they're like, oh, bad luck, Botas. And then Russell comes back into the pits again, realizing that they put Botas's tires on, uh, which, you know, or no, I mean, they're, they're going onto the same tires anyway, but technically speaking, he got both, right. Russell got Botas's tires which is not allowed. So they bring him back in and put him on his own tires. And Botas is left to finish the race on the tires. He, you know, was, was originally out on that weren't going to last the rest of the race. Right. Right. Oh, um, so this gets, this just gets, you know, that that's the first bit of heartbreak, uh, um, for, for, for George Russell. So he ends up coming out in sixth place, right directly behind Valtteri Botas, which, which even from this point we say, well, there's still a good shot. You know, they're not that far back. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, so I'm trying to, because there were so many tire debacles that happened with Mercedes. Um, so, oh, yeah. so Russell's in sixth, right behind Botas. And well, if they're in the same car, they're probably going to be pretty competitive with each other. And, yeah. you know, Botas, Russell might be a little quicker, but Botas isn't necessarily just going to let him buy. And right. it's probably, you know, so, but all the other cars are, you know, should be slower than Mercedes. So maybe they'll have a good mm-hmm. chance. They go back racing and, um, and then almost right away, Russell finds a way around Botas. And I think that at this point, this is where if anyone has any doubts of, you know, is it the driver, is it the car or whatever, you know, seeing Bo- uh, Russell get around Botas was supremely exciting just to see how he did it. Cause that was purely on driving merit. I think. Oh um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, the, and the other thing too, is that, is that remember that uh, Russell had, you know, n- not new, but like, you know, a, a much fresher yeah. set of medium tires to Botas's old, uh, um, hard tires. Right. So not only is, is Russell on a faster tire, but on a n- much, much younger tire too. I'll, I'll give that little asterisk right there. But again, this is a guy who just, came into the team has never driven this car before and is against someone who's won several races for this team and knows this car very well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it it was pretty amazing to see him just go ahead and pull a really aggressive move like that right off the bat. Um, and not only and, that, but just take off again. Like right. he, he he started slicing and dicing through the field oh, and, and every, then it gets up to second lap, place. It was like, um, so, so who was it? It was, uh, like he he made it by signs. He got around Stroll. He made it around Ocon, and then he's about what like two and a half seconds behind Perez, and he's slowly yeah you know working him down. And then um, and at the same time, uh, Botas and you re- like I I really got to feel bad for Botas because mm-hmm. as good as things were going for Russell, things were that much worse for Botas, and he's just yeah. like 
it, it was like like in one corner, like he lost like three positions, and he's just yeah struggling. Well, his his so tires bad. fell off the cliff. Oh like, my god! I think yeah. that's why they were trying to bring him into pit because his tires just fell right off. Like they, like he couldn't get him warmed back. I mean, they were the hard tires for one, so he couldn't get him warmed up quick enough around everybody else yeah. that was you know that had switched over to medium tires by this point. Yeah, uh, um, to yeah. finish off the race. So, you know, the tires couldn't get warmed up. They're harder. They're, they're you know, and they're, and they're falling off the cliff at this all at the same time. Uh, um, so Botas was basically in no man's land. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you and saw then, him offline too. Like he mm-hmm. just, he couldn't keep up with people. Like he's offline just trying to, you know, get the thing around the track. And, you know, and I was watching him and you see like sparks coming out from his car and you start thinking, okay, maybe he has a puncture or something. Um, you know, what's going on with him? Cause he's, really slow and uh and then you see at least in the broadcast i saw george russell's face with you know the team saying like oh you've got a right rear puncture come back into the pits and i'm like okay well that explains what's going on with botas that's weird that they put russell's picture on the yeah then i didn't even notice it was russell's picture right yeah that's that was the weird thing and it was and then you see uh along the uh you know how they kind of show the onboard cameras like in mini on the uh the left side of the driver column and everything. Um, and then yeah. you see Russell and he's diving for the pit lane. And it was Russell who was, you know, running yeah. in second and rapidly chasing down Perez. He's got a puncture He and they put the soft tires on, but it's like, you know, like less than 10 laps to go. And, and because it was just after a safety car, he goes from second to 15th. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And that that's all you can say right there is just that. Uh. And and at this point we're like, you know, there's so few laps left in the race and I'm like, oh man, he, he can't even get his first points in a Mercedes. This is ridiculous. This right. is absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, at this point it's like, no, racing is not for you. If you if you can't get points in a Mercedes, <laughs> Just the world does not want you to drive a Formula One car. So <laughs> right, right. It, it was just like so awful to see this happen, and like right at the end of the race, and it's like he's never gonna, you know. Um, and uh, but it did get really because he didn't give up. He he had the nice right, soft tires right. on, and he was quicker than everyone else, and he was just working his way through the field and doing whatever he could to at least claw back some points. And honestly. He almost made it back up to uh, where Botas was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right behind him, he finished ninth. Yeah, Botas fell down to eighth, and uh, by the end of the race, he was only three seconds behind him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he made it past. Uh, so so he fell down to fifteenth. He passed Raikkonen, Giovinazzi, Vettel, uh, Gasly, and Lando Norris to make it back up to ninth yeah. place. So not only did he get a point, but he got uh, three points. Or actually, no, he yeah, got yeah. two points, and he did the fastest lap of the race, which gave him an extra. So, you know, basically to round out 2020 with three points, um, you know, we're, we're still not sure if uh, Hamilton's going to be coming back um, for uh, Abu Dhabi, but I would, but last I heard, he was still showing symptoms, and I think that you have to be in quarantine with no symptoms for like two weeks. So if that's the case, well, you also have to con- uh, um, uh, have four consecutive negative tests uh, um, to, to 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 leave the country. Um, oh, wow. so to 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 leave uh, um, to to even go to Abu Dhabi next, w- you know, by, by next week, he's going to have uh, four consecutive days of negative tests. 
So this is going to, you know, we, we might see Russell in the Mercedes again next week. And, uh, um, you know, it, you know, it went from like, you know, oh, we're excited. George Russell's going to get his first points in F1 finally to, you know, being disappointed that he only got ninth place. Like right, yeah. he's got his first points. So we should at least he's got that monkey off his back. Uh, um, and honestly, if it, if it, it, none of the reason why he, he slipped down to ninth place, none of it was his fault. Absolutely. You know, like you can Absolutely. you can you can blame him for the mistake at at, uh, at Imola for you know running into the wall. Although it you know could it could also blame Marcus Erickson, but <laughs> for for uh, for hitting yeah. the wall uh, yeah, uh, exactly. under safety car. Uh, um, anytime somebody does that, I'm just going to say it's Erickson's fault. Definitely, <laughs> always Erickson's fault. Um, right, right. Uh, but this time around, like, and, and and he even said on his radio on the on the way back to the uh, uh, you know on on the way back to the the, the pits, you know. It, he had this race stolen from him twice. You know, the first was the bad pit stop. The second was the, uh, um, the, the, the second was the punk, the, you know, the, the puncture on the random piece of debris, probably on the front straight, I would guess. Cause probably that was the only Jack Aikens Williams. That- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was really his own, which is really George Russell's Williams. <laughs> so he got beat by his own car. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just so cruel what happened to George Russell. Cause like you said, absolutely none of it was his fault and anything he did do was nothing. It wasn't even like he, you know, uh, he, well, you know, he held down third or fourth place. He was able to, you know, at least hang with Botas and he did pretty good for being thrown into that position. It was like, yeah, like, like a Lewis Hamilton kind of performance in that car. And yeah, I yeah. think even, you know, a quarter of the way into the race, a lot of people had their money on Russell. Oh yeah. Well, I think I text you and I, I, so I have it in my notes, like, you know, after he gets by, uh, um, uh, uh, Botas on lap 71, uh, um, I, I, you know, I wrote in all caps, what a move by George, um, lap 72, I typed, I'm calling, I'm calling it. George is going to win. I, I think I even texted you. I'm calling actually, George winning this race right now. <laughs> actually. So I, I, I should have actually screenshot it because the texts you sent me, if if you just read them with just no context and no uh, timestamps, it just says George is gonna win. <laughs> next test or next text. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, you know what you should do. So, so we always uh, uh, promote this on our um, um, Instagram page, uh, um, where we put like a little image up from the race. I think it should just be the screenshot of my text. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you should put for the for the for the image to to, to for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It, like, there's so much to talk about with uh, George Russell because yeah, he absolutely he put in a stellar performance, you know, much better yeah, than yeah. a, this is just a really good driver who was able to make the best of a last minute situation. Like this was mm-hmm. a legitimately excellent performance from a driver who not only had to jump, jump out to the lead ahead of a very experienced teammate mm-hmm. and, and hold it really well throughout the race. But his own team sat, uh, sabotaged him and his own car sabotaged him. Um, <laughs> right. And not only that, but he was within, like, you know, o- almost within striking distance of getting back into the lead. And mm-hmm. if that was the case, he probably would have won. Um, but oh, again, yeah. he gets it, it. Fate just deals him another bad hand. And so, um, unfortunately, he had to do his best and, you know, only made it up to ninth. But, you know, points. 
But still bravo to him. Like, yeah. and, and, and he was still, you know, at the end of the race, he was still incredibly positive on the radio. He was thanking the team for the opportunity. Uh, um, and, 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 and he wasn't, he wasn't blaming the team for anything that happened. He was saying the race got stolen from us twice. Um, he didn't say you guys effed up. <laughs> yeah. He was saying that, you know, the, the, the race got stolen from us twice. Uh, um, and you know that for, for as young as he is, that is a huge sign of maturity. And, and I really, really think we're going to see a lot of success from him, uh, um, in formula yeah. one in years to come. And he was saying too, at the beginning, you know, you know, in the, in the, the interviews before the race, he wasn't expecting to win. He, he was, he, he's like, he, he was saying he, he, uh, um, you know, was, was, was going to try to maximize the number of points that he was going to get. And he would be ecstatic if he got on the podium. Uh, um, and then he said, and, and then when they said, so, you know, you're not, you're not thinking you're going to win. And he goes, Oh yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try to win this race. Uh, um, yeah. but you know, my expect, you know, he was basically saying he didn't have any expectations for his performance for this race. I mean, and also, you know, consider he only found out he was doing this on Thursday. So like the day right. before free practice. So yeah. he had to get in a seat fitting. He had to figure out that he had to wear one side smaller shoe like all the odds were completely against him and the fact that he did as well as he did uh, um is is nothing short of remarkable and if he gets the chance again next week which i'm you know i'm thinking it's probably a 50 50 chance that he's going to be you yeah. know, in that that mercedes again next week uh, um I, I i don't think the you know the bad luck is going to strike twice I'm sure if he had a rougher time, then they might have said, well, let's try Stoffel then and see how he does. But if you're yeah, basically yeah. cloning a Hamilton-style performance on your very first time out, they're mm-hmm. going to want to keep him in that seat for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and l- like you said before, I think overall this bodes really well for, uh, for him just because, you know, th- this is a very rare opportunity where you get to see someone being – put into Hamilton's car. And all of a sudden you start to see, well, this looks really similar to like what Hamilton would have done anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, is it the driver is it the car? And if it's, you know, I'm sure a lot of it comes down to the driver, but at least we know this driver can match Hamilton, you know, at, at right, least right. outwardly from the appearance, it definitely looks like Russell is just as good. So, you know, even though you could be really upset with Mercedes for screwing up your chance at just jumping into a car and winning, you know, Mercedes did give him the opportunity to prove to the world that this is very possibly the next Hamilton, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that any team would be lucky to have this guy drive for them. So, and that sets up an interesting uh, um, 2022 because, you know, so, well, actually really even an interesting 2021 because, you know, Lewis Hamilton is yet to resign, right? Right. So let's say he does resign over this uh, um, over this winter, and you know we got Hamilton and Botas in the Mercedes again next year. Well, Botas has been doing one year contracts every year, so the question then becomes: Do you keep Botas going as uh, uh, Hamilton's number two because Botas makes a great number two for for, for Lewis Hamilton? Or do you bring George Russell up and risk another situation where you got two alpha drivers in the top team and you end up with a, a, a Rosberg Hamilton situation again? Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be really tempting for Mercedes that, you know, it, say uh, if, if Botas kind of continues on this trajectory and is really, have you know, struggling to put together like podium finishes, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think by the end of the spring, Mercedes will probably start looking at Russell to replace him just because, you know, if Hamilton for whatever reason, isn't able to, uh, 
to hold a race together, then yeah, you'd like to have someone who's going to solidly be able to, you know, get winning points or at least podium points uh, guaranteed mm-hmm. for every race. And, and George, see, he's got the personality to be very much a team player too. So if, Definitely. you know, yeah. it, let's say Hamilton's going for the driver's championship and George Russell is out of it, George would, you know, just like Valtteri probably just happily get, you know, get out of the way and, and, and let Lewis do his thing. Knowing that if the roles were reversed, Hamilton would probably do the same thing for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, maybe there's something to be said for both of them being British drivers that maybe they, you know, culturally see eye to eye a little better and it would right, you know, right. make them, you know, it, it would aid communication in the team and between the drivers so that, you know, Mercedes is pretty much guaranteed maximum points every race, regardless of right, right, right. who ends up winning, you know, and, uh, you know, th- I think that that would be a really interesting pairing and I'd definitely like to see that happen. Um, yeah. What's uh, what is kind of funny though is we've spent a lot of time talking about eighth and ninth place in right, this race, right. and especially that we're talking about eighth and ninth place of Mercedes drivers. When normally we'd probably be mentioning the midfield, who in this case, when Mercedes is not there to uh, to dominate everything, it was the midfield that that came up. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, uh, uh drivers whose, uh, uh, future is now a bit uncertain. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, the winner of the race who re- really, he, I mean, he was, um, 10 seconds ahead of second place by the time uh, he came around to take the checkered flag, Sergio Perez, yeah. uh, finally winning a race in formula one after he's been driving mm-hmm. for, I don't know how many years, like almost 10 years at yeah. this point. And finally, yeah, yeah, yeah they said 10 years, uh, 109, uh, uh, what was it? Let me look on the, the page here. It's 190 races, his 190th race. Uh, um, and wow. he gets his first win in formula one. And I've seen a lot of, you know, emotional podium celebrations And this. This reminded me a lot of seeing, uh, uh Rubens Barrichello when he got, when he got, um, you know, he got a win for Ferrari and he just broke down on the podium crying and it, this you know Sergio Perez basically had that same you know when he was hearing the Mexican national anthem which by the way now I know what the Mexican national anthem sounds like right I was <laughs> I was looking forward to that to hear what that would be right um but uh um yeah so it and and he was just overcome with emotion on the podium there and he, like even through the mask you could see it in his eyes like he couldn't even keep his eyes open uh, um everybody's you know everybody's already walked off the podium and he's just sitting there like I he can't even believe what it is um like his his quote, you know, when they were interviewing him right after he got out of the car, he goes, "I'm I hope I'm not dreaming." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, and the uh, thing is, you know, out of the two racing point drivers, he's got far and away more points than than Lance Stroll does. Not that Lance Stroll is doing a bad job. Lance Stroll is no, doing no. a great job this year, and he definitely deserves to keep his seat. But the the fact that you know there you know Perez officially doesn't have a seat next year is, I think, an absolute travesty. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'm looking at his stats right now. Um, so even with this race, because um, he's missed two races this year. Yeah. And he still has two podiums to his name uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then one of those podiums is a win. Uh, that's pretty impressive, especially when you consider that basically any race that Lewis Hamilton wins is going to be, you know, a, a hat trick 
of a pole right. fastest lap and a win for Lewis Hamilton. Um, yeah. So to consider that, yeah, he's been on the podium twice and he's won one of them. Um, that's that's I think that that says a lot. And I think for uh, you know, I think last week we kind of saw after you know both racing points retiring um, and uh, Albin getting another podium. You know, it kind of looked like well, Red Bull's probably just going to keep Albin, aren't they? But yeah, you know, and not nothing against Albin because he's definitely been doing the best he can in a bad situation. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I think Perez has definitely been around longer. He's never really had a an opportunity at like a big team, other than maybe like that one weird season that he had with McLaren. That really yeah. McLaren was kind of on their downswing there. But uh, yeah, you know, he, yeah. In hindsight, McLaren probably should have kept him because <laughs> they would have had something to something to build off of. But they also, I mean, to to be fair, they also didn't know that Lewis Hamilton was going to leave too. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, a lot went wrong for McLaren all at the same time, and uh, mm-hmm. they, yeah, that, that was a dark period for sure. But it's good to see that they're bouncing back. And uh, actually, next year, I'm really looking forward to. The uh, Ricardo and Norris pairing at uh, at McLaren. Yeah, and yeah. I'll bring it up again. Anyone who's seen on YouTube the old McLaren tuned uh, like short films, like the animated films. <laughs> oh yes. my god, we need to bring those back with uh, Norris and Ricardo. That would be. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. Um, yeah, if if uh, if Ron Dennis owns the uh, uh, the rights to that, we need to you know crowdfund um, the, yeah. the something to, to buy those back, <laughs> Absolutely. so we can so we can have McLaren make those. Yeah, um, and uh, and then so also for next year, um, it is sad to see Sergio Perez you know not be a part of Racing Point anymore, or rather Aston Martin, but this could look really good for Vettel. Definitely looking forward to seeing mm-hmm. uh, Vettel at this team, which you know we've seen with uh, Perez and even Stroll. Um, I mean, wh- what is it? They've gotten a few podiums this year. Was it yeah. four podiums between them, um, and then a pole and a win? And for basically for a team that's not you know Mercedes, Red Bull, or uh, I don't know Ferrari, McLaren, but for Racing Point, that's pretty damn good. Um, yeah, yeah. And just, well, and, and essentially, what if if the car didn't blow up last week? It essentially would have been five podiums oh, uh, yeah. between the you know, between all that. And I'm just looking at the points right now. Uh, um, uh, Sergio Perez in what's supposed to be a midfield car has more points than Alex Albon in what's supposed to be a top tier car. So yeah, and that was even you know before the race today because uh, um, you know Sergio obviously got 25 points uh, for his win, but even then he still had 100 points going into this um, over Albon. Um, I don't remember how, how many points he had before this, uh, um, but he's got 93 points now. Yeah. Um, so I think the only caveat I would think with uh, Racing Point going forward is there were definitely some uh, changes to the rules to clarify how closely you can model your car off of another. And, you know, will uh, will they be able to pull off the same thing that they did this year in basically just copying the championship winning car from last year? Um, you know, and how well will they be able to make that one work? So, you know, we'll we'll see what Aston Martin ends up coming up with next year. But, you know, it, it could continue. It could be, unfortunately, a radical change in 
just things go really wrong for the team. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, but at, at least they have money backing the team now. You know, right. you know, with with Lawrence Stroll, you know, r- running the show and uh, um, investing all that capital, plus having actually, you know, have actually having Aston Martin um, involved with this. Um, hopefully, you know, m- you know it, it, it keeps this momentum going in a, in a, in a positive direction. Um, I mean, I, I expect a little bit of drop off with uh, with Vettel coming in for his first year because you know you, when you're getting to know a car for the first time, unless your name is George Russell, <laughs> um, you're going to backslide a little bit. Yeah, you know, and and you know, similar to with uh, um, you know Daniel Ricciardo when he first went to um, when he first went to uh, uh, Renault, you yeah. know, he, he, there was a little bit of a backslide. Yeah. Um, now a lot of that was was due to the fact that the Renault was you know not reliable at it was probably the least reliable car on the grid last year. Uh, um, but you can see this year they they you know they improved they turned it around in the second year. Um, so I can see the same thing you know similar thing with um, you know with Aston Martin next year they'll fall off a little bit with the new driver and with the new philosophy, but if they can kind of gel that together, uh, um, that's going to be a great, that's going to be a great team. And uh, I'm thinking we're going to see them, you know, start to mix, start to mix it up with, uh, um, you know, Red Bull a little bit more and hopefully even take the fight to Mercedes. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see though, just because like you said, if they yeah. do fall off a little bit, you know, who's right there to capitalize on that is Reno, who mm-hmm. has been, I mean, like this year, especially, you know, now, now they've got, uh, what three podiums, uh, two from Ricardo yeah, and then yeah. this one from, uh, Ocon, um, and yeah. even Ricardo finished fifth. So, you know, yeah. really Renault's no slouch. And I think if uh, racing point gives up any ground, they're going to be right there to capitalize. So yeah, we'll see how things go next year, but it's going to be re it's going to be really tight in the midfield for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Looking and, and especially with, with McLaren, uh, uh, they're, because they're going to have Mercedes power in their car next year too. So uh, like, it's, this is, this is going to get next year's uh, going to get fun. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I, th- be- I think the, I think next year, the, the, um, the midfield is probably going to be Ferrari, AlphaTauri, uh, Alfa Romeo. I think there's going to be Man. like, you know, the front of the pack and the back of the pack. I don't think there's going to be a midfield anymore. So like, like before, <laughs> so before we had the, uh, the fr- or F1 and then the F1.5 for the midfield yeah. and back. And so now it's going to be like F1 and then Formula Ferrari power. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So we'll see. Uh, you know, you, you'd think all the teams are kind of like doing as much as they can to like, you know, build wind tunnels or hire people or get as much advanced research done and paid for this year before that cost yeah. cap comes in. So. You know, I would I would have my money on uh, Aston Martin. That I mean, if they're winning now, um, you know they must be just pouring money into the team to make sure everything's set for next year when they start the co- the cost cap. Um, right, right. But, uh, but yeah, so so getting back to this race though, uh, mm-hmm. if if you were to digest everything that we just spoke about and look back on this race and you were to assign it, let's say a, a numerical grade from a one to a five, Doug, what would you rate this race? Hmm. So I am very, very, very close to giving this a, a five out of five. Um, I, I, I think the only thing, and, and we kind of made mention of the fact that, you know, there were some midfield battles that weren't shown, uh, um, you know, in, in that time between, you know, the first set of pit stops and the, um, the, the safety car, the second safety car, 
Um, uh, it's, it's, it's hard for me to give it a, it's, it's, it's hard for me to, to, to knock too many points off. Uh, Um, so I will say, cause I I think four and a half isn't enough, but five is too much, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cause we, cause we, cause we have a, we have a top three with none of the, the, the usual suspects in the top three. Uh, Um, we, we, we have, you know, the, the, the agony of defeat, you know, cheering for George Russell and then, you know, getting really, really upset when he gets the race taken away from him. And then he comes back and then he gets it taken away from him again. There's a lot, <laughs> you know, on, on pure excitement, I, I I could almost give it a five. I could, I like, it, it, it would almost be like a 4.9. <laughs> I, I, I would say not quite a five, but not like four and a half isn't enough. Um, I'm, you know, I'll. Screw it. I'm going to say five. I'm going to give it a five. (laughs) Very bold. Very bold. Um, Me personally, you know, I'm I'm kind of right there with you, but there, there was a good chunk of the race. Like once we got back after that first safety car, there wasn't really a lot that, I mean, I'm sure they could have showed some of the midfield battles a little better. um, But Mm -hmm. it's just like things kind of died down and you kind of expected a Hamilton race. And maybe that just set up the ending to be that much more exciting when it actually happened. So, you know, right. I, maybe I can't fault it that much. Um, but honestly, there there were so many times throughout the race where I audibly just, you know, just screamed or, you know, like put my fist in the air <laughs> or got it, you know, started yelling at the TV. So, you know, any any race that gets me like to yell at an inanimate object. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's got to be really. <laughs> How many times can I scare my dogs during the course of yeah, a race? Yeah, <laughs> I've actually got a few uh, battle scars from my cat just freaking out and leaping off my lap after I started yelling. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so you know, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm really hesitant to give it anything a five unless it's literally just insanity the entire way. Um, yeah. So I'll yeah. do I'll do a four and a half. The, the the way I t- I try to think about it, you know, in terms of rating, is are there any times, are there any points in the race where I'm looking at the lap counter, going, okay, when's this going to be over? And at no point was I doing that during during the course of this race. Where with the last race yeah. at the same track, my, I'll, I'll be at you know a different layout. I was kind of doing that, you know, especially you know when it was about halfway through the race, I kept looking at the lap counter, going. It's almost over. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, and even like at the beginning of the podcast, you you made the comment at the beginning of the podcast when you're already talking about next week's race. Yeah, <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast about this week's race, and this time, yeah, no, it was it, it was definitely. I I think I'm gonna I'll, I'll stand by my five, uh, uh, but I can understand it not. I can understand you not giving it a five, but I, I'm I'm gonna stand by my five. Yeah, I, I would also suggest you know for that extra half point that if anyone's losing their mind over me not just giving it a five i would also say like when you have i know this is really nitpicky but if you've got uh both drivers from one team on the podium it's not as exciting as you know like if it was if it was perez Ocon, and latifi you know like right right if that happened absolutely five i don't care what happened the entire race that's just a wild and crazy result there's no way that we didn't get there without tons of excitement so well i I think specifically if you're saying latifi on the podium yeah no you're you're, something (laughs) happened if latifi's on the podium (laughs) you know what if fittipaldi was on the podium 
Emerson yeah. Fittipaldi was on the podium. <laughs> Emerson Fittipaldi. <laughs> oh, but, my God. Uh, yeah, and as you said, you know, if we're looking forward to the next race already, um, I would say it's actually quite the opposite. I'm, I don't know anyone who's really looking forward to the Yas Marina race other than people who are staying at that hotel um, <laughs> because it's never – I don't know. It's never really a good race. And I think that if we really have to say this is, the, you know, the end of the 2020 season and what a long, crazy road it's been, uh, this was a really good way to cap it off. So, right, right. We'll right. see what happens. Yeah, next yeah. This, this could have been well. the last race of the season. Yeah. Uh, um, and ne- next week, I mean, barring, barring, you know, George Russell in the, in the, in the uh, Mercedes again. Um, yeah, there's not really a whole lot of exciting racing at, at Abu Dhabi, usually. Then again, uh, um, there usually isn't at Russia, and Russia was actually not boring this year. So. Yeah, and I think it was last year, Hulkenberg ended up upside down <laughs> uh, at, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Abu Dhabi. So, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll see uh, some interesting things going on, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see you all uh, uh, next week after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix.